Welcome to the Multitask. This is John. It's your boy Fadi. What's going on, guys? So last week, and it's weird because we don't know what's happened over the weekend. Recording, we're recording this a little in advance. But last week we were on indictment watch. Now I got some good news. It didn't happen on Tuesday, and I told you Tuesday would have been bad. It can happen on Tuesday this week because at Columbia College Chicago, where I teach and where you're an esteemed alumnus, we're on spring break. So, but I've got like two or three big Zoom uh, uh, conference calls and Zooms that, and these are government related, but these people, they don't cancel for anything. So I'm fearful that as the shit's breaking, I'm going to be in one of those uh, conference calls or Zooms that I, that I can't afford to miss, but um we'll get we'll dive in further but how do you feel that we're waiting at least one more week i've waited five years i can oh we've waited we've wait we've waited at least one more week i should say yeah i've i've waited five years so i can wait another week my only fear is this turns into what matt gates did where it's like oh it's next week next week next week next week all of a sudden they drop they drop it and nothing ever ends up happening now I don't think that's the case because New York was prepping. I sent you videos of them pulling out barricades, police unions, and and city officials were meeting. So I do think that this is coming. But I, I don't know. Remember, John, the reporting on this wasn't that it, it, it was coming last week. The reporting was it possibly might come this week. Trump's the one who said it was coming for sure on Tuesday. And now I'm starting to believe that he did that to raise money. Maybe he thought it was going to be Thursday, Friday, and he was trying to raise money, which he did raise a lot of money for his, I don't know, for what, I don't know why supporters continue to get to him. But so I'm not holding the reporters to that because they said it's a possibility it might come this week. And I think they were pretty close. But so there was a, a witness who testified Wednesday, so nothing was going to happen before that anyways. It turns out Thursday was for something else, and so it just became um, – scheduling thing do i think it happens this week i'm not sure i'm not sure um but i am worried that it's never coming but that's just because i feel like we've been burned by by so many things but if i really put logical sense to it if new york was prepping and and city officials were meeting then i do believe that this is coming it's just inevitable it's just a matter of how patient can we be until it happens but you know here's the funny thing there's, um, and I'm not sure you've heard this hypothesis, and if so, I may be breaking news for you or breaking news even for some of our listeners, but I heard a very fascinating hypothesis, which if true, actually you'd really enjoy, is we all know that Fawny Willis down in Georgia is damn close to ready to go. We all know that Alvin Bragg is damn close to ready to go, down to where they keep just kind of like taking mulligans. I'm not sure if you've heard this, but when you think about Cochran, who had to testify on Friday, and how, uh, and we'll talk more about all the people that they lined up, there are some people who may believe, who believe that Jack Smith said to Fonnie Willis and Alvin Bragg, stand down until let me go first, which, which would indicate that, you know, there's some people who, you know, want the feds to go first. They think that, especially with the people that Jack Smith is wanting to, to to talk to his grand jury, they said that these people that he wants to talk to his grand jury are all late gamers, meaning that he would only be talking to them or interviewing them if he's close 
to closing his own case. So one, had you heard that hypothesis, that the 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 fact that Fonnie Willis's imminent move and the fact that we looked at you know something where we thought Alvin Bragg was moving, that there's some belief that there may be some back channel saying, "Hey, stand down." One, had you heard that, and two, what do you think of it? I heard chatter about it because towards the end of the week, Jack Smith was really picking up the pace there. So I heard a lot of people talking about it. I don't buy into it for a couple things. One, I think that he's further away because if you're just getting to interview the chief of staff and other officials in the cabinet, you still, I, I think you're piecing it together, but it's you probably need a little bit more time to put all that together uh, and really start dot your I's and cross your T's. I think he has it. I just think if you're just getting around to interviewing those, it's going to take time to schedule it. We're talking months, if anything, here. Whereas New York and Georgia are probably days away. You know what I mean? So that's why I don't buy into it. The other reason is this. The federal one, you could say, is the the the, the aggregators, if you will. The opposition can say that it's, it's partisan. That this is Biden going after Trump because Trump is the main uh, person that he might be campaigning against in 2024. And so, so there's much more drama there than I think there is in New York and Georgia because Stormy Daniels has nothing to do with Biden, right? I know they're trying to paint Alvin, Alvin as this left-wing kind of Biden puppet, but nobody's really buying into that. So the New York case is just much more singular on Trump and so is Georgia, right? It was, um, something that happened under the Trump presidency had nothing to do with Biden. He was under investigation prior to the Biden administration. So those two things are much more, I think, concrete. So that's the main reason that I don't really buy into it um, is I think Jackson's probably a little bit away. And I think the New York Georgia cases are much more solid. I, I, don't get me wrong. I think Jackson's case is super solid. I just think it's much more, you could probably poke holes a little bit more into it than the other ones, if you will. Yeah, but there's something that you have to that I think we should understand. Um, remember that the, both the cases, the federal cases, they're being deeply they've been deeply investigated. Um, I bet you that the testimony that you're looking to get from most of these insiders, it's not fact finding testimony as it is. Are you going to be on the record or not on the record? Are you going to perjure yourself or not perjure yourself? Are you going to confirm what we already know? I don't, I don't think it's going to be, you know, um, and I've also heard some people speculate that there's still a chance that uh, Smith could actually split, he could actually don't do a two-part indictment. He may move on Mar-a-Lago quickly. He might, and, and, and you know, and then move later on January 6th uh, is, is something we've heard, but I, I do believe that all of the uh, witnesses that they want to call in front of grand jury are mainly going to corroborate. So if they're going to be corroborating, I don't think that means we have a long timeline. I don't think that any of these witnesses are expected to walk in with information that they don't already know. They're, all they're trying to do is get other people to confirm what they already know. I, I So I, I don't necessarily think that, uh, I mean, it could be, you know, it's weird because with any of these, um, we are all experts and we're all not experts, right? Um, 
you know, I don't think it's going to be a couple of months. It could be, right? So I don't want to tell you it's definitely going to be within the next month, within the next couple of weeks. But I also think that um, I don't think that we're months away as, you know, especially put it this way. If the case is months away, the case is months away. But I don't think that what they would be getting from the people who now are forced to testify, I don't think those folks are breaking news. I think that they will be just confirming what Jack Smith and his investigators know. I think you're probably right. And, and but something I do want to say is, and, and I don't, I'm not an expert. I got my law degree from Law and Order organized crime, whereas I know you went to the SUV chapter of the SVVU, sorry, chapter of the school. Um, but I will say this, something that doesn't, something that sticks to me in my gut, and it's probably wrong, but this is what I'm feeling in my gut. A lot of these people have been avoiding subpoenas. A lot of them avoided the January 6th commission. Again, that's not necessarily, January 6th commission didn't subpoena Mark Meadows. I think they did, but um there was negotiation there, and it's not as compelling as the DOJ calling you, telling you you have to testify. Here's what I think is also happening. If New York and Georgia are the first dominoes to fall, that might help Jack Smith. And even though Jack Smith could legally make those people testify, just like he legally historically made that lawyer break uh, client privilege, and they made him and they won that court case. Uh, with with a judge ruling in their favor. But if I'm Mark Meadows and I'm all these people that are around Trump peripherally and Trump gets invited or invited, indicted in New York, indicted in Georgia, I might be more compelled to talk to Mark or to talk to Jack Smith because there's a little bit of precedent set. Does that make sense? Like if he's already in trouble right now, Trump's not in trouble technically. Uh, there's no legal case that he's fighting. So all these witnesses might say, I'm going to sit on the sideline until it gets really real. Once New York, Georgia happens, then it becomes really real. And a lot of these witnesses might say, all right, I'm not going to get in trouble for this guy because this guy's already in trouble. And let me go ahead and, and give Jack Smith what I know. Again, maybe I'm reaching there, but I just think because Georgia's low-hanging fruit, like once you get Georgia in, I think everything becomes real. Right now, John, I know it sounds weird because we did this with Matt Gates and, and that never became real. None of this Trump stuff is technically real yet. Investigations aren't indictments, right? We know he did all this stuff and it's been two years since anything has happened. So none of this stuff is just real yet. Once New York, Georgia happens, I think it becomes really real. And then Jack Smith's going to follow up. Uh, he's going to hit cleanup in the four spot and come out and hit all the bowling balls, if you will. Yeah. Um, I think the realness is, and what's funny is I remember one of the points we talked about last week that I had pointed out was that the indictment of a former president would be, would be kind of traumatizing. And there's been a few, there was a few people on TV. I'm not sure if you saw either, either online or whatever, but there's a few people who also kind of mirrored those talks about like, yeah, this would be serious. But, you know, it was funny. I was watching Nick Ackerman. Nick Ackerman was a former Watergate prosecutor and he said a few things. He said, first and foremost, what he anticipates is that when Jack Smith brings, uh, say, the Evan Cochran or some of these other people in front of him, um, he said that what Jack Smith will probably do is if anyone pleads the fifth, 
he that he will whip out a um uh, immunity agreement showing them that then and that and compel them saying you do not have to worry about prosecution we will not prosecute you you have to just tell the truth and i think that's pretty fascinating because i think and this is why a lot of those folks are probably afraid to testify it's either they tell the truth and throw trump under the bus or they perjure themselves and that's that goes back again because i guarantee you that if any of them walked in, and this is why I say that this, they're probably not going to be revealing anything. I guarantee you, if any of them walks in and lies to the grand jury five minutes after they walk, either he's indicting them for, for perjury or they're immediately committing another special grand jury to you know talk about the perjury. That's why I think this stuff moves fast. But, um, you know... One of the things uh, that came out uh, last week is the fact that um, the former chief justice of one of the federal circuits, uh, the one who actually wrote, you know, is the one that kind of wrote the reasons for Cochran to have to go ahead and um, testify, um, says, yeah, she believed, her name was Burl Hall, I believe, that she believed that a crime had been committed and thus the attorney-client privilege is no longer, um, you know, a val- you know, valid. And, but what was weird about that was it was a sealed ruling and it was leaked. And you know, what's so funny. We've oftentimes heard how Jack's, how not Jack Smith, but um, Merrick Garland, you know, moves in silence. I can't imagine that he would even be, I don't, I can't imagine that even his, that his special prosecutor would leak something, but I still, it's funny because everyone's talking about the content but I was su- surprised by the leak. Did you see what I'm talking about, about the fact that there was a ruling and the judge said, and I think it was the same ruling that ultimately said that the other guys had to testify. But did you see, I think it was either Wednesday night or Thursday night, maybe even Tuesday night, that that story started to leak. I haven't seen any of that. Was all that private? I thought all of that, they were reporting on it like it was all completely 100% public. No, it was private. It was a sealed, it was a sealed opinion. Uh, so someone leaked it, and yeah. Well, so, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it's pretty clear that Trump's leaking everything and everything right now. Um, he's the one who said he was getting arrested and it didn't happen. So he's Trump tries to muck up the game so much, right? That's his strategy for everything. Just throw it at the wall, see what sticks. I don't know what the benefit of him leaking it is but um or fundraising or whatever it is but um do, is it have you can i ask you a question have you seen any sort of rhetoric or narrative that this was a historic moment that this that the court made this lawyer break privilege yeah i i know that a lot of um i know uh that a lot of attorneys were saying that this uh is something that's unusual um and it, it's it's something that's unusual, and it's but it but it happens. Let me see here. So, uh, see, I'm trying to find. These are all going back. Special, con- uh, so uh, on 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 three days ago, and of course we're recording this on the 24th. Um, this is what we have. It says prosecutors in the special counsel's office have presented, uh. 
compelling preliminary evidence that former President Donald Trump knowingly and deliberately misled his own attorneys about his retention of classified materials after leaving office. A top federal judge wrote Friday in a sealed filing, according to a source who described his contents to ABC News. U.S. Judge Burl Howell, uh, who on Friday stepped down as D.C. District Court's chief judge, wrote last week that prosecutor and special counsel's uh, Jack Smith's office had made a prima facie showing that the president had committed criminal violations, according to sources, and that attorney-client privilege invoked by two of his lawyers could therefore be pierced. So this came out on, uh, let's see what day was it, came out on the 21st, so that was Tuesday, Tuesday night, I remember I was in class, but I'm wondering if it, if it was leaked by the judge who stepped down on Friday. I mean, I don't know, I don't see, who, it's sealed, who, who would leak it? I don't think, I don't think Garland would. I don't think Garland would, and I don't think, I don't think Garland would have hired Jack Smith if Jack Smith were a leaker. But it doesn't look good for Trump. Could it be the judge? The judge who stepped down? And, and who feels that, I mean, what, since I'm breaking news for you, and I, and what, what is your reaction to the news I just broke? Which actually it isn't, I'm not really breaking, but you hadn't heard about it. I, I don't, when something like this happens, you always have to ask who benefits the most. Um, Garland doesn't benefit at all. He won the case. It doesn't matter, right? Um, same with Jack Smith. The judge, I just, whatever, right? Like, the judge probably doesn't have to leak this for any particular reason. Um, again, I don't benefit, think it doesn't it, benefit Trump. It does not benefit Trump either. Well, Well, yeah, because... Again, he's just trying to throw stuff at the law. So he could go and say, the rigged system is against me. I need $15 and send that email to all his all his email lists and stuff like that. So he could do stuff like that and say, um, well, then let me ask you this, John. The reporters that are getting this, I don't know. Like, Are they in with the Trump inner circle? I don't think Trump's calling these people. Let me ask you a question. How do leaks happen? Is it a wink, wink from Trump? to a staffer to call this specific reporter. I believe that happens under a normal presidency, right? Barack tells somebody to go do this. Maybe um, Biden tells um, um, chief of staff to contact this specific reporter. But the reporters that are, everybody's getting this. Everybody's getting the scoop. How, how do you picture this happening if it is Trump? Well, I, I just, I don't know if we can really truly figure out who did it. I mean, that's just it. To your point, I don't think we can really truly figure out where this leak came from because it doesn't benefit Trump. Now, what's fascinating is it the only argument I make for it potentially coming from Jack Smith or Garland was this is what Judge Howell wrote. And then two days later or a day later, the court basically memorialized what Judge Howell wrote. They didn't come out and say Judge Howell said this, but everything that Judge Howell called for in that sealed document appears and that the main thing was Evan Cochran testifying. On Friday, Evan Cochran testified. So whoever, I mean, it was imminent. So what I'm trying to say is if it was imminent, 
then I might believe that it came from Smith or, or Justice for one reason. It was imminent, right? That's the only thing that I think. And could be leaked because in case they were worried that the judges, the appellate court, or whatever was going to be shaky, could have been leaked to say, no, yeah, the, the former judge. But what, what, I, what I would say is that I definitely think that you have a situation where it could easily, easily, easily could have come from anywhere. And I just, I'm baffled. But you know, you know what's so funny? It is one of those things that when you think about it, it's one of those things that is huge. But in the big scheme of things, it'll be small. And, you know, think about it as a filmmaker, you know, as as, as someone a documentarian. This is one of those moments in time that someone needs to, like, freeze and just say, we're going to get back to you five, ten years from now after this all blows over. We're going to come back and revisit. But I, I am the, – that leak is curious to me. And it's funny because when you watch the coverage of it, no one has really said that the leak was curious. but. Would you, is the leak as curious to you as it is to me? It is very curious to me. It's not to me only because I think this stuff is inevitable. There's just reporters hounding everywhere, right? It's 24 hours news cycle. There's people who, um, it, it might have not been any of those people. It might have been a clerk. It might have been the person who filed it. It might have been a secretary in the office. Like, it might have been any of those people who want their 15 kind of minutes of fame, if you will. Um, I don't know, John. I think leaks or a thing of the past at this point, because we talked about it with Biden going to Ukraine. It's like the fact that this didn't leak out was remarkable. I just think all this stuff just eventually comes out. And um, I don't know, I'm not that interested in it. I'm more interested in the mechanism of how leaks work. Is Trump calling um, Haberman? As, is... as, as, as someone who has leaked, will probably leak in the future, mm-hmm. there's, no, there's, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no, there's no textbook. There's no rhyme or reason. There's, you know, and 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 I, and I'm gonna go back to not even Hollywood. I'm gonna go back. I mean, not even politics. I go back to Hollywood. Sometimes you leak on yourself. Sometimes, sometimes you leak on yourself. I was told that, um, you know, we do that. We did that in the film industry a lot. Um, uh, I, I, and then going back to politics. I was told that Carl Rove, I'm not sure if you know who Carl Rove is, Carl Rove was one of the Bush mm-hmm. gurus. And they used to say that whenever there was bad news um, coming out on, on, on Bush, or on, on occasion when there was bad news coming out on Bush, they would sometimes get it leaked, but they'd, they'd go with, they would make sure that the most dishonest or person with a questionable character was the leaker, or find a way to get that, they maybe even would place information in their hands. And then the, it would come from person Y, and then all they would do would is they would attack that person's credibility. So even if the leak were true, even if the leak were true, it came from someone who's got questionable integrity, and so then people don't believe the leak, right? So when you say, how do leaks happen? That would be a documentary because there's no one way to do it. You know, I one time had a boss call me, said, John Moore, so-and-so here. I want you to get this in the paper and don't get my fingerprints on it. And what was really funny, I had no idea what I was leaking, why I was leaking it. And then I realized a couple of days later is that the the company I was associated with was looking at real estate. And we knew that if a certain piece of information came out, it would drive down the cost of the real estate that we were trying to buy. Right. So 
so what I'm just telling you, and this is not in politics at all. This is year. This is well over. This is outside the statute of limitations, right? This is 25 years or older. But uh, that being said, um, there is no rhyme or reason as to how people leak, why they leak, their mechanism of leaking. There's all sorts of it's 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 crazy, and I will tell you that there's a lot of information that people have that they could leak out on various people, but they sit on for any number of reasons. There's a, there's, it's weird because there's a lot of strategy, but just like a football game, the strategy is literally dependent on what's going on the field. You know, what the weather conditions are. It literally, it, it sometimes it would not make sense to people but it makes a lot of sense to people if that makes, even though I just contradicted myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I learned this in the sports world, actually, because there's a lot of teams who will leak false stories. or I wouldn't say false stories. They'll leak what they want to do just to see how the fans react. And then they'll say, all right, the fans are good with it. Let's do it. The fans are not good with it. Let's, let's backtrack, right? So someone might call Schefter and be like, hey, we're thinking of signing X controversial player, right? Deshaun Watson, whoever, right? They might tell him that, and then Schefter reports it, and then the fans react one way or the other, and then the ownership just gets to just to get to see what the, the the feedback is. And sometimes I know that they'll back off a decision, but this just happened with the with the Boston Celtics, John. Right, their coach was had a controversial suspension; he was out for the year. Um, Kevin Durant asked Brooklyn Nets to tr- to trade uh, to to fire their coach and trade for him. The Nets leaked it. It was almost official. And then the fans reacted in a way. And all of a sudden, that that, that whole thing just went away. And even though that was going to happen, the feedback to the leak actually um, stopped it from happening. Um, this isn't the case, obviously, here with Trump, because this is a thing that happened. But the leaks are fascinating. I think there's definitely a documentary-worthy subject. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, as we, we look into all that's gone on this week, so, um, like we said, the judge ordered everybody that's close to, with, with Trump to testify with Jack Smith. Um, but I also want to move on now to the Trump calls for violence because on Friday what we learned is that Alvin Bragg, someone actually uh, sent him a direct threat, and uh, it included white powder, the white powder that they determined not to be uh, harmful. But, it, you know, it included white powder nonetheless. Um, but what do you think about the way that Trump is literally, in many ways, playing with fire? Record, we're recording this on Friday. Tomorrow, uh, there is a Waco uh, rally. And just so you know, listeners, um, depending on how to, of course, I'm not sure how we'll edit this, but depending on how the Waco rally goes, we may be going ahead and do an addendum to this. You know what we should do? We should just keep this particular pod by itself, and we should just release a special report that comes out that comes out in advance of this. But uh, what what is what are your what are your thoughts on um, the way that Trump has really just you know gone crazy and he's really stoking violence? It seems like he's melting down. Yeah, it reminds me of what happened on January sixth, right? Same kind of rhetoric: expect destruction, expect chaos. This is him kind of stoking the flames, if you will, adding gasoline to the fire and trying to get his supporters to be angry. Now, they didn't show up, right? 
Well, part I think two reasons. Part of the reason they didn't show up is because it wasn't a thing yet, right? Nobody, I don't. He said he was going to get arrested Tuesday, but I don't think nobody really expected it. The other thing is, did they learn their lesson? Did they learn their lesson from January sixth in the sense that they can't do this organizing publicly, right? January sixth, and then we know now in hindsight was organized publicly. It was group chats, WhatsApp, Reddit's, Facebooks that. <clears throat> allowed all those people to organize in one place in that kind of form and fashion. And there didn't seem to be that going on here. Also, New York was prepping, right? There was barricades, Capitol Police stepped up, uh, stepped up security. So I don't know. I don't think he's going to get the reaction he probably wants, but this is what it leads to, the situation with Alvin and getting a death threat. Um, with the white powder, just remind me of, the early 2000s with anthrax and everybody was getting kind of envelopes with white powder. I'm sure you remember that pretty clearly, but this is what he wants. This is what he wants. And I actually think that Alvin Bragg is probably um, like he could, he could sue Trump, I think on some level. I don't know how that works legally, but when are we going to start holding these people responsible? When are we going to start holding Tucker Carlson responsible for, putting their their dogs on us if you will well you know what's fascinating is nick ackerman who's the watergate prosecutor when he was speaking in that piece he said that believe it or not um the death threat that alvin bragg got would be grounds given that some of the stuff that trump has said it would be grounds for alvin bragg to add an obstruction of justice charge Mm -hmm. to to the case that he's doing, which I think should happen. Um, I, you know, I, and I, you know, we've not really talked about this, but I do think we need to maybe go in depth on this is I'm really sick and tired of all the talk about, um, this has never happened before, you know, Trump, you know, this is, you know, not a big deal. Trump should go, you know, should get off on this. We shouldn't even be pursuing this. And my problem with that is Khalif Browder, right? My problem with that is when you're a powerful white, rich, or powerful rich white man, you can literally almost, well, in this case, it is just, you know, a major campaign finance violation, uh, lying on your taxes. But don't forget, we got a black woman in Texas that's sitting in jail because she voted illegally. Um, On accident. On accident. Um, So I am not buying any of this stuff because there are too many people who don't have means, who don't have power, who don't have access, who didn't do anything nearly as bad as what Trump's accused of, who literally are dying in jail because their bail is, which is sometimes only as high as $500, but their bail is so out of reach to them, they can't get out of jail. Yeah, and here's Trump who openly committed crimes, openly admitted to committing the crimes, literally said before he was even president, I could shoot somebody on fifth Avenue. They won't touch me. That's, that's the history of this country. Believe it or not is look what happened with the banks. Right. And they got bailed out. Look what happens to the Republican senators and congressmen, congresswomen who took PPP loans and just said, we're not paying these. You're going to have to forgive them. And then they go against um, the debt forgiveness. Right. So these people have a history of, just doing things and getting away with them because nothing's ever happened to them. Trump's going to learn his lesson and he might be the martyr for his people. 
I'll pivot a little bit. Do you buy this reports that he's happy about this because it boosts his numbers? Or I know Maggie Haberman is pushing back a little bit and says he's definitely scared, but he's definitely telling people at least that he's not scared. What's your take on that whole thing? Dude is scared. And I and I think, you know, on some hands, he might not necessarily be scared of incarceration. Um, but this is reputation. He's the first president in American history that has been impeached twice. He's the first president in American history that's got multiple, multiple, multiple criminal investigations going against him. And he's the first president in history in which there is just a watch to see not only if he gets arrested, but who's going to arrest him first. And, and again, going back to what we were saying earlier, wouldn't it be funny if it all happens within a month of one another? I mean, if, if, if the federal case and New York and Georgia all happen within 30 days of one another, um, you know, I, I think you saw what I posted on Twitter where I took, uh, the two kids celebrating uh, emotionally after the little girl, I think her name was uh, Harley, uh, guessed right on seven, and the, and the homeboy in the back was tearing only be consoled by his buddy. I think that a lot of people will be doing that. Now, remember, I also say that we will be hung over the next day, realizing, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this is happening to our country. But I do think, and so going back to about, well, is he really afraid? Yeah, I think he's afraid. But I think his fear is also legacy. I mean, the history books, dude, the history. But he's doubling down, though, too, right? You know, he's not acting like someone, I don't know, is not mentally well. Uh, you know, he needs to start doing like those mob bosses. When he, when he does get indicted and he can self-surrender, he needs to show up at court in a bathrobe. And just pretend that he's just like really not mentally all there. But the funny thing is, I don't think he is mentally all there. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I think he's scared. And because I think that he is a scared human being generally. Remember one of his first campaign rallies, someone ran up on him on stage, remember? And Secret Service had to protect Trump and he seemed pretty scared. His lifelong fear, and he said this privately, that's been reported on, and Maggie Haberman talks about this a lot is he's famously said over and over that they're coming after me and they're going to get me. And the first time he was impeached, I believe there was a story that said, oh, they finally get me. They're going to go after me. Um, that's why he was so projecting on Hillary Clinton when he's like, you should be in jail and all that stuff is because I think he believes that about himself. So do I think he's scared running? Absolutely. At the same breath, I do think that he's a media attention um i use the word it's lack of a better term but horror right he wants everything and anything he wants to so here's what i'll say is he's scared but he sees a five alarm fire and the only way that he could survive it is just to put more gasoline on it and that's what i think he's doing is he's probably telling people this is good for my polls because it just keeps me in the news and i get to i get to fundraise off of it I get to go to Waco and say, look what they're doing to me. It's a witch hunt. Look what they're doing. And so I think he is scared, but until that moment comes, he's going to use it for his benefit. I think that's what people like Trump always do is no matter what the problem is, no matter what's going on, they're going to always try to spin it to work for themselves. And he's gotten away with that for his entire life. Um, but I'll tell you what, his back is against the wall now because 
you were talking about dozens and dozens of investigations. I'm kind of waiting for DraftKings to put some odds on these because um, I want to bet on who's first and who's coming second and all this other stuff. Um, but I think New York will come um, rather shortly, rather shortly. Now, you know, and this is – it's funny because we're kind of unstructured because, it's as we said in the show prep, there's not a lot, but there's a lot, right? There's not a lot of bullet points. But within any bullet point, there's a ton of stuff to talk about. And I'm going to go back to Calvin, uh, uh, Alvin Bragg specifically, but it could be probably all the cases. Um, and now remember that we also have to look at each case from the standpoint of who else has been asked to testify because we're also told – that sometimes if you see people testifying, unless they perjure themselves, they're usually probably not the target, right? Um, and we'll start, I, maybe we'll go through all the cases, but let's just focus really on Alvin, Alvin Bragg at this point. Besides Trump, who else do you think goes down? Because I, I do think that while we're fantasizing and excited with Trump going down, does Junior, does junior go down? Does does any is he the only person who gets rung up by Alvin Bragg, or will there be multiple people getting rung up by Alvin Bragg? And if so, who are those people? Is this the Stormy Daniels case you're talking about? Yeah. Are all the people involved there? I thought it was just Cohen well, and Trump. Yeah. Well, well, let me backtrack. Um, it's the hush money case. So, for instance, remember there was this David Pecker guy from was it National Enquirer? Um that got absolved on the federal side. Um, you know, is, I just wonder, I, I guess what we're saying, what I'm saying is this. Now I'll pull back to all of them. Um, I just wonder with a lot of these cases, are we so excited about the possibility of Trump that there might be some others who are like, Oh, that's good. I mean, if, if, if you know, because of some of the malfeasance with the money could potentially uh, both sons be involved in it because they were running the Trump organization, right? Um, also, are we wrong to assume the narrow focus of the Alvin Bragg indictment? Might there be other crimes that were uncovered? You know, I don't know how much they have to divulge, you know, to us until they actually go through with an indictment. But I wonder, is are we seeing too narrow of a case? I think we know down in Georgia we're hearing that it could be a very expansive case, right? And, but I'm also wondering, is the information and expectations that are being set for um, New York too narrow? I just feel like, I think New York's going to give us some surprises. I think New York's going to be a stronger case than people thought it was. And I wonder if it doesn't scare up or grab up a few other people. I'm, I'm not sure. I know big picture, um, you kind of brought it to big picture. I think New York's solid. Uh, they also remember um, Letitia James, right? They got him um, financially and civilly, right? So that's not a criminal case, but they have him dead to rights. Yeah, but solid with him, but, well. but uh, will there be other people caught up in it? And do you think that it's going to be as narrow a focus as we're talking about, or do you think it might be broader than, than we realize it will be? I don't think it'll be broader than... I think the Trump organization one is pretty broad because they're just blaming the organization. I think his his sons get in trouble there because they were running the organization and they were part of all that. Don't forget Ivanka, right? Ivanka and Kushner um, are always kind of present in those deals as well. But I think the rest of the stuff, I don't think that they'll go after people. This is a different case. I don't think this is a little person. They're, they're after Trump fully. I also think that 
Well, Giuliani, right? If we're talking all the cases, I think Giuliani's definitely going to be indicted somewhere, probably Georgia. Um, I don't think he does jail time, though. I think because he flips, he seems like a guy who's not going to want to spend time in jail. But, John, I think it's a trick question because there's been so many people indicted already over Trump, right? Flynn, Manafort, um, Steve Bannon. Uh, those people have served jail time. So, um, Roger Stone. In that way, yeah, it's pretty broad. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I, but, um, but see, that's, but here's the thing. And, and I'm, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record or maybe over my skis. I just think that there's, I think that what is interesting is we are all speculating on all of them. And I wonder what will be our pleasant surprises, what will be our disappointments. I do think that, to your point, and you've talked about five years, even longer, that we do have to be in store and prepared for some disappointments. But I think, don't you think it'll probably balance out? We'll probably have some stuff that we really want to see happen, and we'll be like, oh, damn, it didn't happen. But I also think there's going to be a few things that we weren't anticipating, and we'll be putting our hands to our head like, that, what? You, you know, I, I, I think... I think we're going to be both surprised and disappointed, pleasantly surprised and disappointed in all of the cases when we see the actual indictments. That's a good point. What you what you ended on is what I think I'm going to go with. The second he gets indicted, it it's like it's like the, the Capone thing, right? For the cops, right? Is they don't care that he went down for tax evasion; they just care that he went down. I don't care. I don't care about January sixth. I don't care about the documents. I don't care about Georgia. I do. Don't get me wrong. I do. I want to see him indicted for all of it. But I just want the word Trump indicted once. I'll probably die a happy man. Like, because I reserve to the fact that it's going to be years, if not decades of litigation. I don't know how it works because he's older. I don't think that if, if what happens if someone dies during the process, I'm not saying he's going to die soon. I'm just saying. This is a long-term thing. He's going to be well in his 80s facing charges. I don't want to think about this that long. As long as I see the word Trump indicted, I don't care what it's for. I think that it'll be a, a, a great closure to what happened five years ago. And, John, you, we were at that rally together, right? When he won that first Saturday, we showed up at Grand Park. We were there together. Um and I remember telling you, our goal now is just to make sure that his legacy is always ruined. That He did that on his own, right? And if he's just fighting charges and charges and charges, I don't think he'll ever get a library. I don't think he'll ever get streets named after him in any other state other than Florida um, and all this other stuff. So as long as I see the word Trump indicted, I'll be perfectly happy, to be honest. Now, time permitting, uh, we might have to come back to some Trump stuff because there's a lot we didn't talk about. But I wanted to talk to you about, and I'm going to be the old man in this room. I know it's TikTok, but I, but I want to sound old. That tickety-tockety uh, thing. Um, you know, the hearings were fascinating. Um, I do think that there was a lot of yelling and screaming. I think that there's a legitimate, and I think we know it, a legitimate reason to consider a ban but I also think that as we're learning, as we know, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or MySpace or so many other apps, I do think that the privacy concerns are real, but I think that the privacy concerns aren't only uh, problematic when it comes to TikTok, even though TikTok's ownership. Um, but I guess the bigger question is, 
um if tiktok's ultimately banned um do the young folks who will just seem like it's feel like it's some type of violation do you think they have even anywhere near the capacity to understand the legitimate reasons why this thing is even being considered at this point john i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you what the tiktokers are saying if you will um i'm on tiktok every day uh when he talks about 90 minutes a day is a problem i'm on it for more than 90 minutes a day right so to be fair they are nuanced conversations happening on TikTok right now that I don't think people understand. First of all, the CEO of TikTok held his own. He won almost all of those arguments, right? A lot of those people look like old white people who had no idea how the internet worked. They couldn't even pronounce TikTok the right. What you... They couldn't even pronounce TikTok right. 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 I saw right. Some exactly. And so the question of is TikTok accessing my internet? Yeah, there's no other way for you to be on the internet if if there's no other way to be on TikTok unless you're on the internet, right? Simple questions like that shows how far behind the United States government is. And when I when I say that, I know there's young people. AOC clearly understands how TikTok works. I'm sure everyone in the Biden administration understands how it works, right? But the TikTokers aren't mad about the hearings. They're mad that people are asking questions that have nothing to do with the, the real nuanced conversations, right? To answer your question, yes. People really do think that the conversation should be had about not necessarily a ban, but how to fix the problematic things that TikTok has going on. And the reason they understand it is because they know that it's everybody. Uh, the TikTok comments are saying, if you're going to ban TikTok, then go ahead and ban Instagram, Facebook, WhatsApp, and all these other ones, because they're doing the same thing that TikTok's doing. It's unfair that you're coming after TikTok and you're not coming after Facebook and Instagram and all the other ones. Even the CEO of TikTok, I forget his name, otherwise I would say it. The CEO of TikTok even said, hey, Facebook and Cambridge Analytica, you should guys should go investigate that instead of looking at me, right? So um, I think there is a nuanced conversation happening on TikTok, right? And me, look, I'm not going to sound like... Um, Clint Eastwood and get off my lawn. But if you could fit, I, I do not picture TikTok ever being banned. It's too big. It's too popular. And you'll face a backlash that you probably don't want. But the problem is, John, as you see it with Republicans, some people are saying, when I open my TikTok, all I see is homosexual, LGBTQ+, et cetera, et cetera. I thought this was a dancing food app. And they don't understand that just like the internet, you can customize TikTok how you want it. When I go on TikTok, I see sports stuff, movie stuff. I see what I want to see. Um, because I'll let you talk in a second. Because Republicans, I'm saying the word Republicans, that's who it is. Because Republicans are, are making TikTok to be this extreme thing, then there is no middle conversation to be had because it's either ban or not ban. And that's not the conversation that we should be having. Yeah, but but is there any, you know, when you talk about the discussions on TikTok, is there any nuance about at least the role of the Chinese government in TikTok? Now, now, now I will, I'll preface it with saying, you know, that to your point about the others, um, there was some people who have said, well, to your point, because of the way that TikTok or that, the way that other social media companies operate, and they operate in other countries, 
in many ways, just because TikTok is controlled by the Chinese government doesn't mean that when Facebook and Twitter are in China that they're safe either because if they are being allowed to operate in those countries, what type of concessions are they making to those other countries? So, but is going back to the TikTok users, do they have any appreciation, not just from the privacy standpoint, but from the national security standpoint, as relates to the potential or believed involvement of the Chinese government? I think that they believe that there's ways to protect our data without banning the app. And people, the Republicans and legislators are making it so if we have TikTok, then we're part of this Chinese propaganda. And I just think it's just wrong, right? Um, John, I learned this in the, in the movie industry. When big blockbusters want to open in China, they have to talk to the Chinese government. The Chinese government has to watch it. Chinese government makes edits. Chinese government says, we're not playing this movie unless you cast this person in this role. And all these Hollywood executives were making concessions because they wanted to open movies in China to get the extra money. What ended up happening was the Chinese government was so restrictive, was banning movies for showing any sort of um, gay or any sort of kind of lovemaking scenes with two people of the same sex that Hollywood eventually said, all right, this isn't worth it for us. We're bending over backwards for us and we still can't even get approval to show our movies. I think that's where this is headed. If you want to make TikTok safe for American users, then pass a law that says TikTok has to be this in order to be in, on American platforms. And the Chinese government, look, there's 150 million users, I believe, in America. They're not going to want to get rid of that, right? America drives TikTok users, I believe, across the world, if I'm not mistaken, right? So if you really want to protect us, then pass a law that says in order for social media company to exist in America, this is how it has to look like instead of banning it. Because in that case, then the same rules apply to Facebook. And I, I know they're not Chinese companies, but the same rules apply. John, as I lose my voice, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia is, is investors in Twitter now. So you have to have the same conversations that you're having about TikTok with Twitter as well. So the, the simple rule is you have to apply it to all social media platforms to, to protect Americans. So I think is it so you're almost saying it's almost kind of layered from the standpoint of okay, the legitimate claims before we get to the potential uh malfeasance or national security element of the Chinese government, you're saying that there needs that the users believe there needs to be better control and uniformity in protecting all privacy regardless of the platform. Then after you address that, then you start dealing with the national security piece. But realistically, the first thing has to be privacy. But, you know, now one of the things I want to push back on and correct on is my, from what I've seen, with the exception of a few like Maxwell Frost, um, who came out against it, uh, I don't think it's as partisan as you make it out to be. I think there's a lot of Democrats who are also very concerned about it. Now, I would say that the theatrics in the meetings, at least what I saw, was Republicans yelling and just screaming and using this as an opportunity where I got the impression even the Democrats that were concerned were more 
from a fact-finding situation. So um, while both Republicans and Democrats have their concerns, and I didn't watch the whole thing, am I correct in assuming that Republicans were looking for vitriol and Democrats were looking for solutions or maybe answers on how they could actually improve things? Am I? Is that assessment accurate or not? Yeah, that's exactly what I meant, is the theatrics were all Republicans. Look, I have concerns. I have a cybersecurity friend who said, you actually have the TikTok app downloaded on your phone. I'm like, yeah, I do not care. It's no different between Facebook and Instagram. It's all the same thing to me. And he was saying I would never download an app like TikTok on my phone, right? So I have concerns myself, and I'm pretty liberal, and I'm pretty far left, I would consider myself. So that, But the concerns that I have are far-reaching. It's not just about TikTok specifically. But Republicans were making it an anti-gay, anti-American. They were making it that if you had TikTok, you were part of the Chinese government, right? So that's the kind of stuff that has no, no room for this in the conversation. To bring up your point about privacy, there's rules, F- FCC, there's rules that are regulated across the entire government of America, right? When I used to upload TV shows to, to broadcast nationally, they gave me a list and said, these are the tech specs you have to fit. This is what we expect. If the sound is above this, we're going to flag it. These are our American standards. And it, cha- it was uniform across the country. If we have a rule like that that applies to social media that says, if you have a social media app that's able to be downloaded in, in American soil, it has to meet these requirements regarding privacy. And just apply it to everybody else. And that would fix your Chinese government kind of problem because they would still have to abide by the rules that are, that America, that everybody else kind of abides by. Um, that's, I think, the general consensus that TikToks are, are, are saying is we're down with this, but we're not down with a ban just because you think that this is just pushing some sort of homophobia that you believe exists on this app. Yeah, it, it's fascinating. I, I watched it, some of the hearings. Um, I thought, you know, those... I thought they were good. There's a lot of ignorance, but I, I thought the one that really, uh, uh, and I, I'm going to get her name wrong, but it was a congresswoman from Florida, I think Kat McCormick uh, or, or something to that nature, um, who was upset because there was what she perceived, and I even perceived to be a video of a gun and saying, this is what they were going to do to the chairperson. And it was not lost on me that this is the first time that a Republican like this was really outraged by violent imagery involving guns because um, I think, you know, I think we both opposed it, but I opposed it because I'm consistent on the issue. I think she just saw an opportunity for outrage. I mean, did, did you see the clip I'm, I was referring to? What was your impressions when you saw it? I didn't see that clip. I would love, love for you to send it to me after. Yeah. But yeah. as we know, like Republicans believe in selective outrage. That's their whole thing. Yes. So what I'm going to do is, because we could go on and on, but we need to wind it down, especially because depending on what happens, after we finish this recording, we may be actually either adding to this or doing an addendum. This For now, this is John signing off. And this is Fadi signing off. Thanks for joining us, guys.